And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he sent me off the shots went through. So, so I know you're probably. Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, J. King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you on Valentine's Day because I am in love with this Boston Celtics team. They have won eight straight. <laughs> Derek White is uh, fitting in perfectly in his two games. Uh, they just looks looking like a pretty damn good squad. Jay, what did you think of Derek White in his debut? And what do you think about kind of the pair of wins the Celtics had this weekend against the Nuggets and the Hawks? Before we get to that, we have to talk about the wild move you pulled off <laughs> on the trade deadline. <laughs> To get out of our podcast, at, at what point did you know you were not going to be able to to podcast after the trade deadline? Um, and, and at what point did you realize, like, oh man, like this this probably isn't great that uh, they've traded all these dudes, and I'm not going to talk about it. Well, the big issue that all I think it was just pretty much after the Derek White trade, I thought there was going to be a moment where we could do like a quick little podcast. Um, but then as soon as they did all the deals at the deadline, uh, I, it pretty quickly uh, became apparent that I wasn't going to be able to do a full <laughs> podcast because I didn't expect them to do all of that. And I didn't anticipate you uh, having to like probably write a full story. I thought it was just going to be a quick little thing. Um, yeah. So that was a that was poor planning on my, my part. Uh, I'm going to say I did also, plan to do a podcast. You, I just didn't communicate that I had could only have like an hour to do it. How did you let your phone die? Because like, I was literally in class all day refreshing it. <laughs> that's how like that's how it died. Do, oh, so oh, so you were trying to keep up with the trade deadline, and so eagerly scrolling through Twitter that that it just passed away. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was poor phone management on my part. It was poor podcast management on my part. I even tweet. someone asked for a reaction podcast, and I was like, yeah, buddy, you're going to get it later today. So um, I just uh, completely didn't consider that you have another job in this thing. I thought you'd be directly able to communicate, uh, accommodate my schedule without me telling you what that schedule was whatsoever. I, I, I enjoyed the DM, getting a DM <laughs> from you. <laughs> it cracked me up. <laughs> All right, but back to the Celtics, back to Derek White, back to a team that has now won eight straight games. The, I mean, for a while there, obviously, the Celtics were beating nobody, and teams they were playing were either bad or 
their best players weren't playing or both. So the last two games, I think, have been very promising because not only did the Celtics beat the Nuggets and then follow that up by beating the Hawks, but they didn't play particularly well throughout either game. Like I thought the, the first half against the Nuggets, they were pretty bad, especially at the start of that game. And how many times this, this season have the Celtics played poorly and then just gritted one out? Not very often. <laughs> they they follow that up. And kind of a similar similar path in the Hawks game where, again, rough start. Couldn't do anything offensively for the first half. And all of a sudden, third quarter comes, Jason Tatum's rolling. Everybody's rolling. Fourth quarter comes, they give up part of the lead. They go to their new closing lineup with Derek White in it, and the defense just clamps down. And I think you've seen over the these first two games of the Derek White experience that the Celtics defense, when it's locked in, can be awesome. And not only that, but it can be awesome against really good offenses in Denver and in Atlanta. Like the the last the fourth quarter stint for that that new closing lineup just really locked down the Nuggets, and then Celtics come back a couple of days later and do the same thing to the Hawks. Even though you know it was it was four minute stint rather than eight minute stint for that group in the Atlanta game, but the defense is really really going to be a bear for teams to play against, like and then, a, an absolute bear. And the thing that's interesting. Um, it's just how well it's not just that closing lineup, but like there are other pieces. Uh, I guess if you say what are Horford and Grant at this point are like kind of defensive minded. And so in that Nuggets game, first, Jokic is absolutely insane. Just to be able to pass at his size and like some of the things he was doing early in that game uh, were impressive. And it's wild how bad the Nuggets are when he's not on the court. But the Celtics for the majority of that game, we're kind of matching. They didn't even put Rob Williams on Jokic till that final stretch. It was pretty much Al Horford and uh, Grant Williams. And I don't think Rob Williams would probably have succeeded, probably would have gotten foul trouble if he had to body Jokic the entire time. But the kind of the versatility of the team where like they were able to basically just say, put Grant or uh, Horford on Jokic that entire time. I think Al did a a better job than Grant did just because of size stuff. But then to pivot to that down the stretch, to go with this new closing lineup, Robert Williams held his own, but it's just like, even the Celtics role players uh, are defensive minded. And no matter like who they're playing, it feels like Ime Adoka has the ability to kind of switch the lineup. He can go double bigs. Now he has a kind of a smaller option. There's just a, like the Celtics defense at no point is going to suffer, which is not something you could say before the trade deadline when, you know, Dennis Schroeder was getting a lot of minutes. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty telling when Brad Stevens came out after the trade deadline passed, after he made those moves, and said he thinks that this group defensively is more dynamic than any team that he ever coached. And that that's saying something, because he had the number one ranked defense one year. He had the number four ranked defense another year. The Celtics, during the last five or six years of his career, were pretty consistently in the top seven, with the exception of last season. So Brad Stevens knows what great defense looks like. And what separates this group, especially now that they have White, 
is there's no weak link. There's no Kemba Walker. There's no Kyrie Irving. There's no Isaiah Thomas. And obviously that hurts the Celtics a lot offensively. And they're going to need to figure out how to manufacture points like in the in the playoffs uh, when guys are locked in and and there will be challenges uh, I think that that they'll run into but Marcus Smart and Derek White I, I at least when when Tice gets back probably and he moves into the eight man rotation or maybe Peyton Pritchard will keep playing minutes but playoff wise I think Marcus Smart and Derek White are going to be the team's two smallest players and we saw on that great play Robert Williams made against the Nuggets where he made the incredible recovery for a block and then went and saved it. Derek White switched on to Nikola Jokic. <laughs> you know, like like that's a that's a guard. I don't know whether you want to call him a point guard. He he might have been playing point guard at the time. I, I don't know if he really has a position. But you can switch your guard onto Jokic and then you can have Robert Williams with enough athleticism to recover and make a block at the rim when Jokic beats a double team to find a guy pretty pretty he looked pretty open at the rim and I think that type of versatility that type of athleticism from Robert Williams and the intelligence now that the Celtics have at every position is is rare and and I think that um, that's obviously their identity. That's that's obviously what Brad Stevens has leaned into. And the first couple games of the Derek White experience, like there's a different level of thinking the game from him than there was from Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson. He's just the intellect is higher. He he processes things more quickly, and you can already see how that should help the Celtics. Yeah, especially defensively, it feels like the the transition was pretty seamless in just um, a guy who knows what he's doing. It kind of fits into their their switch everything approach. And, and I thought the Celtics have did a really good job of still switching everything. And even especially in that Jokic game, um, and it should be called the Jokic game, not the Nuggets game, because other than Aaron Gordon, the rest of the team is uh, hot garbage. Um, how bad is Austin Rivers? No respect for Bones Highland. Bones is a fast dude, but Bones is also, uh, I think, had a lot of turnovers and uh, didn't do much on the defense. But it felt like they were targeting Bones pretty much every single time down the court to start that game. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to target bones. <laughs> but the point is that, like, they are pretty – they're just very good at switching, and then even if there's a mismatch, the guy uh, – the wing guy, like, fronting, fighting, and then getting back to getting, getting the right guy onto Jokic. I mean, there's a couple times a game where I think they'll – 
they'll get lost in there, but it just feels like they're communicating at a pretty high level. And uh, let's use the the cliche of, of moving on a string together where they're really like, everyone's kind of knowing uh, what the other person's going to do. And it's kind of, I guess with Derek White has played with the Celtics, but that's only in that like team select, whatever USA select teams. So you don't like expect them to have that much experience. I guess he's also played for Ime Adoka, but um, I've just been impressed with that, his ability to kind of do that on defense. And then on the offensive end, it just seems like his movement, uh, his cutting, his, his passing ability he had like a nice little moment with a Tatum in the first game and kind of some two-man game. Um, he just seems like he's uh, moving the ball well and – uh, we'll see if the shooting lasts. He was able to knock down a couple threes in each of these past two games, but I think just as a guy, he's got a who, quick release, man. Oh, ver- there was very. He quick lets him release. fly too. He, I mean, he two for ten uh, against the Hawks was um, maybe closer than his his three for seven against the Nuggets, but just the ball movement, just the quick movement in general. There were some times um, where the Celtics just had very good offensive possessions, like. Drive, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick. And it's just such a stark difference than um, the world of Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I'm trying not to crap on Dennis, but, like, he was such a ball stopper. What was your reaction when you heard that the Celtics had moved Dennis Schroeder? Oh, my God. It was – I was thrilled. To get rid of Dennis and Ennis and to get back Tice, it was like the success of tweets from Shams was um, phenomenal. It was one of – I was giddy. I was just sitting in my constitutional law class giddy. Uh, but couldn't do anything. Uh, but it was fantastic. It was, man, uh, what a wonderful end of deadline that was. And it was right before the deadline, too. So you could have been sitting there in, in whatever class, constitutional law, and and you're you're thinking to yourself, okay, like you're kind of preparing for life with Schroeder. I was ready to pivot to become a pro Dennis guy. Be like, well, is he? You know what? He's going to have his moments in the playoffs. Like maybe he'll score 15 points in a in the second half. I was ready to kind of uh, resign myself to being a, a guy who had to root for Dennis, and thank God I don't. <laughs> the uh, I've been impressed too by how quickly White has fit in. Uh, it was pretty crazy that he played the last 17 minutes and 29 seconds of his debut with the Celtics <laughs> like Ime Udoku just was so excited to have him out there so excited to use his new sh- new shiny closing lineup that it was just like you know what fuck substitution <laughs> forget that we're, we're leaving this dude in there we're, we're gonna we're gonna show off our new closing lineup and and they did. They, they closed that game on a 22-14 run. They closed the Hawks game by allowing Atlanta to score just four points over the final 3-43. And two of those came after White very, very narrowly missed a drawing a charge on Trey Young. And the other two points were like a totally meaningless alley-oop in the final minute. So that closing lineup has been really, really really great so far in obviously limited minutes um but just the fit like there's no awkwardness with white because he can do a little bit of everything like he can he can sit in the corner and spot up and he's got a quick release and he's willing to shoot he can cut if he's off ball he can they've used him as a screen and and roll guy against smaller guards i'm thinking about faku faku campazo and and he he can make the the move in the in the short short roll he can 
you know, he can initiate offense if you need him. Like he can just whatever you need him to do, he's capable of doing that. Um, the thing that's so pretty impressive. It, it allows him to be a pretty easy fit. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and I think Brad might have said this, or maybe it was Ime, but like with that closing lineup, is like any four of the smaller guys can like kind of use a ball screen and like create off of it. And Jalen's probably the worst at it, but I think no one really mind having the Jalen and uh, the ball in Jalen's hands. Although he has been playing in a bit of a funk lately, he probably can use the uh, All Star break. But just having all four of those guys be. I don't think they're excellent playmakers, although I think Marcus Smart has his moments, but all of them just are capable of making a play, making the right pass, um, and then just having the like Time Lord be there with vertical spacing uh, as, as just kind of an outlet. If anyone kind of leaves his body, I think it just makes their offense, um, it raises their offensive potential. Obviously, I think they're still going to struggle. I think there's still moments where they get a little bit ISO heavy, but um, just like it, I think it's just... It, having all four of those guys be able to kind of create 
um, I think will uh, lead to good things for the Celtics. Yeah, and I think there's there's still obvious shooting issues. Yeah, that was the funniest thing is that they made all these trades at the deadline and just didn't get any better in terms of shooting. Like they completely yeah. overhauled the roster and just maybe if you go by percentages, got worse as a shooting team. Yeah, although White is White is capable and White will let them fly. I think he was averaging eight threes per thirty six minutes, eight three point attempts per thirty six minutes ish in San Antonio. So he's gonna get him up. And uh, so teams, he's, he's sort of Marcus Smartish in the way that like he's not a great shooter, but he can make them, and he's willing to shoot them. So teams are going to have to guard him there. Um, Will they guard him then, more than they guard Grant Williams? Because Grant Williams has proven he can shoot it, but teams still don't guard him. They're starting to guard Grant a little bit. You, you've seen some closeout success, like him driving closeouts. He had one move against Atlanta where he finished at the rim over was it Okongwu? Yeah. And I was like, well, damn, that, that wasn't really. No one's closed out against Grant before. So he hasn't had like an opportunity to show off any of his uh driving moves. Yeah, so I feel like he's driving closeouts a little bit more now, and it's because people are actually closing out to him. Um and then the other piece, and I think this is really important, is you know, we've seen the Celtics earlier this season be very low IQ in the highest moments. You know, like the most important moments, fourth quarter, they they've done something stupid. They they've settled for an ISO shot. They've done whatever. And I think they've gotten much better there. Um, but I think the ability to play white in the closing lineup and like like Ime said, there, there's kind of nowhere to hide a, a bad defender. And we saw it in the Denver game. They were using White as a screen and roller in that game because they wanted to get Composo in the actions. And they wanted to force him to be, you know, either switched onto Jason Tatum or in the action against Jason Tatum. And if you try to do that with Dennis, something like that often deteriorates into Dennis going one on one. Dennis the ball into the ground until uh, there's nothing or, left. Or if you do it with Josh Richardson, like he would make fine decisions. But there was – I do think Derek White just processes everything better. And there's a gap between the dynamic he brings versus what Richardson was able to do, especially in those closing moments. And so you can feel comfortable putting that weakest defender, whoever it is, whether he's guarding Marcus Smart, whether he's guarding – uh, White, whether he's guarding for whatever reason, Jalen Brown, like you can always put that weakest defender into an action and feel comfortable that the guy on the other side of it that Tatum's going to hit once they double team Tatum or whatever is going to make a good read, and that's that's something that the Celtics haven't been able to rely on this season, and and I think that is going to be crucial for them. Yeah, because teams are going to double. To be able to execute down the stretch. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a weird thing. It's a novel concept. Because teams are going to double Tatum. And so if you just have faith in everyone else, like playing four on three and making the right decision and making the right read, it just makes it like maybe maybe they show a little bit. Tatum's really making the right reads lately. Uh, Yeah. And he's getting off the ball quick, too. And it maybe gives like teams pause before they like show as much to Jason Tatum as they have before. Like some, uh, the Hornets, I think uh, the Raptors really just like, 
they give so much attention to uh, Jason Tatum where it's just like, oh, yeah, of course he's not going to be able to do anything because there's like so many guys there. But I think just having five, uh, four guys around Tatum who are pretty good passers um, just makes that kind of defensive style a little bit harder. I think the question now is the Celtics of one eight straight. They are now in sixth place in the East, um, only two games back of the Sixers, two and a half games back of the Cavs and Bucks. Like everything is very tight at the top of the Eastern Conference. The question is like, does this trade change your expectations for the team moving forward? Like obviously they've played themselves where. Uh, they're clearly a, a pretty talented team in the Eastern Conference, but Eastern Conference is pretty talented, at least one through eight. I have no idea what to think of Brooklyn, who's lost 11 in a row, but like, what's the expectation for the Celtics for the rest of this year? I mean, I still think they are behind the top teams. Obviously. Like, to me, it's Milwaukee, because I've seen Milwaukee do it. And they have Giannis, yes. Basically this cast, and they have Giannis. And, you know, the Nets is just weird because Kyrie's going to miss half the games. Now they don't have a second, like, leading man behind Kevin Durant because Ben Simmons isn't that. Although he will certainly help their defense. He'll get the ball moving. Like, he's he's going to help them for sure. Um, But I want to see that first uh, before I'm I'm willing to like crown that group because right now at least when they're playing home games it's going to be Kevin Durant and some question marks um, and then I like Philly to me is on another level from Boston because I think James Harden was just sandbagging it in Brooklyn <laughs> and all of a sudden yeah he'll be, he was he, he's he'll gonna be awesome a re- again renaissance where like finally he shows so, up in shape with doing push-ups yeah. before the game so the Celtics they're definitely better um significantly better than they were before the trade deadline but I mean how many teams would they be favored against in a playoff series there aren't many Cleveland they'd be favored against or I would they might be favored, favored against the Bulls, team. depending on the kind yeah. of health of their team. Like Zach Levine's having weird specialist stuff this year. I think if like if they're hampered at all, you might favor the Celtics. Agreed. And then there are some stuff like you can scheme against Vucevic and try to get him involved. And, and maybe that team's not as good in the playoffs as they have been in the regular season. Um, Toronto, I think the Celtics would be favored, although Toronto's tough. But the, the East is going to be hell, man. <laughs> like, it's going to be like, awesome. The East playoffs are going to be like every single matchup one through eight is going to be a damn good series. Like no one wants to play the Raptors so yeah. much because if if they're all all those teams are lumped together, you you could get and if you get stuck in the same side of the bracket as Milwaukee, Philly, and Brooklyn, you're going to be like, damn. There's there's <laughs> no good side of the bracket though. Like I guess if you had like can okay look. Maneuver a Cavs Bulls sixth right now. So yeah. the Celtics are in sixth right now. That would mean a first round matchup against Cleveland, right? That would mean a second round matchup if if the seeds were right now versus Chicago or Toronto. Like that'd be a good side of the matchup yeah. of the bracket. Like that'd be the best side of the bracket. Honestly, the Celtics should should just pray for like. But they can't do anything because there's like you have, we have no idea how the seeds are going to end up just because it's so tight. Uh, even the top seven, like the Raptors are only five games back of the first place. Like, 
you really could see, like, I don't think the Raptors or Celtics are going to get to, like, the top two, but I really could see the the top, and who knows what happens in that. Anything could happen in the top eight, uh, which is pretty wild. I think the Celtics have officially entered uh, the make some noise category, like, especially if they're not favored. I think they're just, like, a team you do not want to play in the playoffs. Like, you do not, uh, especially. Gonna be, they're going to give people a tough series no matter what. Just yeah, they have like the league's best defense right now. It's just like not a team you want to play in the playoffs. And oh yeah, they have one of the better individual scorers in the league, a guy who's put up fifty points in the playoffs. Like that tends to matter uh, more in playoff series where it's just like um, the individual talent rises to the top. I think the Celtics are in, uh, officially in some make some noise category. I wouldn't be surprised. With a first round series win, um, who knows? Maybe it'll be like the Hawks last year. Maybe they'll just let, get lucky and face the 76ers in the second round. And we all know Joel Embiid has never been to an Eastern Conference final. So uh, who knows what's going to happen with the Celtics? It's going to be interesting um, to see if they can keep this winning streak going. They're playing those 76ers without James Harden because he is needs a couple weeks to get back into shape and will be out uh, till the All-Star break. But... Uh, there's new life in the Celtics this season. Derek White has uh, done a lot of great things for the team. And, you know, winning eight straight, nine in the last 10. What is it, 15 in the last 19 now? Um, turns out it's more fun when the Celtics are playing winning basketball. Uh, and so it's going to be it's gonna be a fun final two and a half months here before what's shaping up to be a very wild Eastern Conference playoffs. It really is going to be a bloodbath. There, there are few weak links in that Eastern Conference. Like the Cavs have been awesome this year and and they're like probably going to be pretty substantially the worst team in a playoff setting. That's the, it's so funny how good they've been, but like they're immediately like, yeah, but I just don't I just don't buy the Cavs. They just don't have enough scoring, right? At the end of the day. I think. Yeah, I mean, but I would have said that I, they didn't have enough scoring to be thirty-five and twenty-two, and here they are. So that is very true. That is very true, and they they just keep doing it. They keep doing but. it. The Celtics will keep doing it. I know we're gonna wrap it up here because uh, the kid, the kid's a lover. He has a date. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to all the listeners out there. Jay, is love potable? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. And Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.